even though you're trying to teach people, you still need to be teachable yourself. Yeah. Um, and whether that's being taught from those you're leading or just in general, always getting better. Um, because I don't think people want to follow somebody who seems like they know all the answers yeah. that doesn't, you know, it's, you can't resonate with somebody who, cause I remember thinking that it's like, why did I, why I can't resonate with somebody who I feel like knows everything. Welcome to the hope in real life podcast with Jason Gore. Our team is passionate and committed to bringing you more hope in the everyday, real areas of your life. If this conversation and content is valuable for you, please do us a favor. Like, subscribe, and even share. You never know how valuable it could be to share a little bit of hope with someone else. Let's get the conversation started. Well, hello to our Hope in Real Life listeners. So excited to be here this week uh, with a special guest and is actually a friend of mine as well. Runs by the name of Bradford Mitchell. Hello. Uh, How's it going, Bradford? Welcome to the show. Thank you. Yeah, man. We are here today to talk about using your influence. And really, this is all about how do you use the platform or the gifts or the talents or the abilities that... um, might be God-given to you or that you've worked hard to build up or some combination between how do you use those to influence others, yeah. which which for this podcast is a big deal because this podcast, it really is all about how do we influence, point other people towards hope. Sure. And so for this topic, man, how do we use our platform to influence other people? A little bit about Bradford. He is um, really one of the primary minds behind uh, a worship tutorial, which is, you know, among other, I tell you what. Let me let you let t- tell other people about worship tutorials, okay. how you got into it, and just what's the vi- overall vision behind worship tutorials? Yeah. Uh, so my buddy Brian and I have known each other for I don't know about eleven years now. Um, and before I met him, he kind of he had a lot of time to kill. His wife was in like med school, or she was getting her PhD. I guess that's different. Um, and he he just started making videos on YouTube, like playing worship songs. I feel like I've heard this before, though. There's a story before. Like there's a musician. Yeah. Who married someone way smarter than him. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, he Sounds pretty normal. Well, what's wild is as smart as she is, he's like very smart too. He double majored in biology and chemistry and he got his master's in business. And so if you like watch worship tutorials from the beginning to where it is now, everything that you see, like how things sound and look and everything we teach on all of this stuff is like basically like this journey and the story of how Brian learned how to do everything. Yeah. Photography, video, audio, playing guitar, all of that. It's its wild. And I love telling people that because I love bragging on that dude because he's super smart and he has put a lot of effort into it. Um, but that's how it started. He just started like playing songs acoustically. And this was like when YouTube was still rather young and it wasn't flooded with content. And he just started doing, I guess a lot of people resonated with it because they'd hear a song um, from a church and it's like, the like anthemic or like arena arena rock or whatever. Like it just sounded big always. And there's nothing wrong with that, but it would just be very hard for a small church to understand how they could do that song in their context. So he would just be playing a, a popular worship song, just him on acoustic guitar and just singing it. And people resonated with it. And they're like, this, this song, Mighty to Save, like this seems way more approachable to me than hearing how Hillsong did it. So he started doing that and then he started teaching and people latched onto that. And um, I, I met him couple, uh, maybe about three or four years into him doing it pretty randomly, not super intentional. Um, we both worked at the same church. We were part-time, so we just took Fridays to when we had our days off. We worked Sunday, Thursday kind of thing. And we started making content and figuring out, like, 
okay, we have volunteers on our team who don't know how to do X, Y, Z. So we could hold a session on a Saturday and that's great. We could do that. And that's personable and that's encouraged also, obviously. But it was like, there are other churches who are going to have the same hole. Like, how do we, you know, you could play, grow up playing guitar in a garage band and like, absolutely, you can still play worship, but there's parts about it that people are scratching their heads and they're like, how do I, how do we do this? Or they haven't played guitar in 10 years and they want to. And so we started making content from the perspective of how is it going to help our people and it resonated with other people. So, um, and that's, we just kept going and kept finding, you know, as we did that more, you get more comments, people telling you what the need is. We would just kind of gauge the room, man, a lot of people are asking about this lately. Let's do this and felt needs like just how can we, and it's all free. Um, we sell products, but we also give away a free version of that product. That's just as good. So like, we don't even, you don't even need to pay us anything. Um, you know, if you want to have something, I mean, you could have really good stuff, but or we make lots of different things, and it's like, but the, the free thing isn't any less good just because it's free. Right. Um, so that's all for guitarists, the products are. Um, but the, the vision is, is pretty to the point, to help people, to help churches have excellent and authentic worship. And that's the, the one vision statement. And the idea here is that doesn't even require money. Yeah. What I love is you, you guys have, <clears throat> you started out really by just starting. And mm-hmm. you hear that so much when you listen, whether it's entrepreneurs or people who are starting something new, man, you just got to start and you're yeah. going to figure that out along the way. Like yeah. what's the actual need, what my passions really are. And then at some point those things come together and oh, then yeah. some magic happens, which we'll talk about what that magic kind of looks like for you guys here in a moment. But I, can you talk just for a minute, like what is specifically your role within worship tutorials? What's the value add that you bring and, and how do you serve? Yeah. Um, Brian and I now kind of, just do everything together, really. Um, there's like a, like one of our good friends, Nick, is our is our videographer, and he's amazing at that. But he also plays guitar. Um, we have various other people who've been a part of the channel and do stuff. Um, I kind of the the thing I kind of focus on the most is how do I l- listen to a worship song and I listen to all the guitar parts and how can I make it work for one guitar player? Average Church of America is like what 70, 80 people, yeah, I think, is the number. Right. So it's like the chances of them having multiple guitar players is is slim. And even then, like, I do mean, you the, want five electric guitars no, in a church? Of I don't. People? I have I a don't. hard time with two. Sometimes yeah. I'm like, can it just be me? Yeah. That's just selfish. But <laughs> um, so I'd say that's the like the primary thing. But together, we make the digital product that we sell to uh, guitar players, and him and I both come up with content ideas. And for videos we can we can make to just help people and you know especially if, if God's been teaching me something or helping me figure something out I'll I'll, I'll share a video uh, and we'll just sit down and kind of like people just resonate with you being real and sharing what's what's going on and so even if it doesn't feel like it's something that people have been asking for it still goes over really well when you're just real and you're just yourself yeah so you guys right now you're well on your way and I probably should have said this right out of the gate you're well on your way to a million subscribers on YouTube which is a lot. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Like a, a million is more than 100,000 or 500,000, just for the people out here who aren't good at math. Right, I mean, That's yes. a lot. Okay? I think that checks out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> how did you get there? Like, how did you gain that following? That is a good question. We ask ourselves that all the time. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> so our, part of it also, we we know that our augment, our audience is pretty segmented. Um, we have people who watch just because they enjoy music, um, and whether it's Christian or not. Um, whether they are a Christian or not, sometimes that's the case. Um, sometimes as worship leaders, sometimes as guitar players, 
Um, we have people, we do stuff like gear reviews also, which is really helpful for musicians. And a lot of times, even though people will, people will blatantly tell us, I don't believe in God, but I still love what you guys do. And that actually is like a great honor to me to yeah. know that somebody like that, like it just means I have some form of say at some point, maybe I could say or do something that helps them know God is real. Um, but that like, we just do so many different things that I think that put, that's another conversation. <laughs> that wasn't what you asked, but we have so many different like things that we do that I think draws people in and we really love covering a lot wide variety of topics. So I think just being consistent and we got in really early with YouTube. Nowadays, it's pretty saturated. There are like, you look at any of the top worship songs, for example, and you type that in and then add the word guitar to it. And you may see like eight videos, 12 videos, 30 videos right. of people playing that song. Um, but I think part of it for us is we were just consistent over a long period of time and just kept going. And yeah, have, being first to market and then consistent over an extended period of time yeah. is, is what I'm hearing. Yeah. Another thing that jumps out is, I mean, you, you guys really, you add value, right? I mean, and this is, so we're talking about worship tutorial, what it means to lead worship in the context of a church, mm -hmm. most likely essentially in Western context in yeah. America. Yeah. Um, and, but that's not really, that's not really what we're talking about. What we're talking about yeah. is how to build influence and yeah. how to influence others. And what I'm hearing is you guys add value. You yeah. actually have an issue figuring out, okay, what are the value adds? What are the questions that people are asking? And then how can we address that? Yeah. And so I, I, from my vantage point, when I check out what you guys do, I'm like, I can't believe people are doing this for free because yeah. it's something that's desperately needed. Yeah. Um, which kind of cues up the next question. So, if you don't know, so Bradford, again, I mentioned he and I are friends, he plays guitar at our church, um, has some of the best guitar tone around. That's good, because so. that's how I make my money. So to hear you say that means I feel like I'm... <laughs> yeah, it, it's, it's a, it, I mean, very, very good, top notch. Um, but you could, with your, and you're not just an electric guitar player, I mean, you, worship leader, we could throw you up with an acoustic guitar and just you in a room and you'll point people to God and, and, and do a phenomenal job. So you could, you're with your talent, with your gifting, with your experience, you could be the guy uh, at, at a number of churches in America on a big stage and everything revolving around you. And you've chose to not go that route um, and to, uh, to go this route and invest a bit more heavily in worship tutorials. Can you talk just a little bit about that? Like what led you to do that and why that is? Yeah. Um, and it could just be because none of those churches are willing to pay you enough. I don't know. But could, <laughs> I think there's more to it. Than no, no. That. I, I have always kind of felt a pull to leadership in general. I yeah. don't, I remember back in like high school being in <clears throat> scouts. I yeah. was in boy scouts and I wanted to be, they called like the, like the, the, the boy that was you overall. You look more like a boy scout than a guitar player, to be honest Dude. with you. You do big. I don't know if that I beard. appreciate that. No, or, that big old I look like a Boy beard. Scout with a beard. We're going to watch a YouTube clip in a minute. That's true. That's weird. <laughs> Boy Scout. An adult scout. We're going to see a clip in a minute. Don't forget how you were answering the question. Okay. But, the, I mean, you've got straight lumberjack swag on. Oh, so. I just love flannel. Okay. All right. Okay. So back to you. Why? Uh, yeah. I remember just even being in, in like high school, I wanted to be like, the senior patrol leaders, what they called it. So that was like the boy who kind of like ran the troop. Um, and I just really felt this draw to helping these boys. You know, I mean, I was 16, 17 at the time and I had, you know, young, young boy scouts with me too. And I just wanted to like influence them. I didn't really know how, I think I just really thought it was cool to be in charge. 
Um, but sure. the, as I <laughs> as I got older, I realized that the science and the idea behind leadership and like what that means, like that just fascinated me. And then I realized that leadership is not just the guy in charge. It's to use, you know, the, kind of what we've been talking about. I mean, it's like the person who has influence over things, whether it's influence have, how an organization moves to begin with or just influence like to be able to help people become better people. Yeah. Um, and so I, when I got this opportunity to start doing stuff with Brian and I started realizing, I actually kind of like, this is like kind of my, my outlet. I enjoy it. I don't like, I like people, but I also like being by myself. I don't know. I'm not really an extrovert, I guess. Maybe I am. I don't know. So like the idea of like teaching a class is not as much like it's fun, but I feel like I'd rather just hang out with people at that point so I can like teach and then I can make a video and it's, I can be succinct cause I can talk for hours and hours on end. Um, and so I was like, this is actually kind of more, I can sit on things more. I can stew more. I can really hone it in. And I could feel like I can be more impactful if I can like make a video. Cause he put me in a room. I could, I get very distracted. Um, so a video, I can be more intentional and it just was really fun. And we saw people actually engaging with it and yeah. people were, it was subscribers were going up. People were telling us they, like they, um, every once in a while, even at, at hope, someone would be like, so a friend of mine told me they watch your channel. And like, yeah. so stuff like that was like, okay, so maybe we got something here. Right. Like there's, we should just keep doing it. And I don't know, it just really resonates with me more. You know, it's in this day and age, it's all video. Yeah. Um, and I don't know why, but it just, I've always wanted to do that kind of thing. And I found how to do it, I guess. Well, it's, it's clearly making an impact and there's a need, uh, little known fact here, um, uh, about, uh, my backstory. I actually, when I first got, I came out of the business world into uh, what some people would call ministry. Yeah. Um, I have a musical background. And so I started out essentially as a worship leader. Hey. Uh, and so, yeah. And so uh, that, and then, man, all kinds of ended up on staff here at Hope as a college pastor and worship leader. And then we planted a church out of Hope. And really it was all things creative um, that I was responsible for. So you learn, you know, you got to learn oh, yeah. how to do everything. But... Yeah. <clears throat> The truth is, I would say the secret, the the little known secret, but anyone who heard me lead worship, it wouldn't be a secret anymore. Uh, uh, vocals were not my strong suit. <laughs> hey. uh, I think pitch is all right, uh, but but tone is probably leaves a bit to be desired. But I did have this, like, I had this desire for people to experience, like, and encounter the goodness of God and yeah. to be reminded, like as a worship leader, you have this opportunity to put words on people's lips that are true, that they otherwise in the busyness of life would not take the time to say, or even know they need to say or be reminded of. And now you got a room of mm -hmm. whether it's 70 people, a thousand people, 15 people, all reminding one another. So like I was passionate about that. Yeah. Um, but what I realized was I was better at equipping people to do that yeah. and then getting the heck out of the way and letting people that were way more gifted at it carry most of the weight. Um, and so, you know, that's kind of how I shifted my role back mm -hmm. then. But what I've seen you do here is you've almost taken that up even another level because you've realized we live in a day and age where the world is digital and people are online and you have access to people that are far more than could potentially show up at your church. And yeah. like you're literally now equipping leaders and influencers that are making a difference in the, the church overall, which I believe ultimately at the end of the day is the hope of the world yeah. through Jesus. And so 
props to you, man, for doing that. And, Thank you. And, yeah, and you're getting it done. We are going to interrupt this episode for some breaking news. If you have been tracking with us as the Hope in Real Life family for any length of time, you have heard us talk about an up-and-coming resource that we have been calling the Hope in Real Life app. I could not be more excited to let you know that the app has dropped and is now available for download. Just so you know, we approach this um, with a true masterclass type approach. Like what are the areas in other people's lives where they're looking to find hope? Areas like marriage, parenting, finances. What does it really mean to grow in my life spiritually? And so we have these growth tracks set up for you. There's also different communities that you can be a part of inside of the app where you can ask for prayer requests and know that somebody else is praying for you in the specific areas that you need. Download this app, check it out, share it with other people who you know need a bit more hope in the everyday moments of their life. Back to the show. Let's do this. We got a clip here from uh, one of the worship tutorials. Why don't we roll this and please note again the beard and the fantastic flannel as we watch it. I had started leading worship at my high school during the week and I was like really into it. And I didn't know that you could do it as a job. And I didn't know that you could go to school for it and all this. And I remember my dad breaking down a few ideas. So number one, what do you enjoy doing? Like, what is it that, that brings you joy? Is Fishing. there a I like way you fish. can actually do that for a living? <laughs> and don't don't sell yourself short here. Like, you could, like, in my instance, I didn't realize Start that a fishing YouTube channel. I could do. Now, that thing, it's no different. do you get opportunities to do that? Like, do people invite you or ask you if you can come do that for them? Um, do you get paid to do it? Because if you do, that's kind of no, helpful already in this, fish. you know, you process. Could. All this. <laughs> that's really cool. Um, you don't need to get paid to do it now, but just I some questions guitars. along that lines. Uh, do you get opportunities to do it? I mean, you could just be doing it in your church every single week, you know, and um, your pastor says, hey, we really we really need you. You do a, a great job at it. And that's actually point number three. Do you do people tell you that you're good at that thing? I, th- I think it's great. I-, I like that clip because number one, you're. You see worship tutorials, you're not just talking about leading worship. I mean, that seems like you're answering a much bigger question, which was something like, how do you discern God's will for your life? Yeah, yeah. basically, yeah. So, I mean, that's a really big question. But what I love and how I think that applies to what we're talking about is, you know, if somebody says, I want to be an influencer, like in today's world with, you know, Mr. Beast and all these people, it's like, man, I want to make a living just making YouTube videos. That's okay. Um, But do you have anything (laughs) that others want to be influenced by? Yeah. Right? Like just the idea of just being an influencer isn't really big enough to make someone an influencer. Yeah. And so I love how you were just kind of walking people through, okay, if if you're going to do something, like what do you enjoy doing? And then, and I kind of made the joke, like, I'm, I really enjoy fishing. And then like somewhere in there was number two or number three is like, are you good at it? Yeah. You know, and just, wow, I'm actually not as good of a fisherman as I want to be. And you said, well, you should just do a YouTube channel. I'm like, I don't know that I'm going to be able to help people be a better (laughs) fisherman. I just like to fish myself. But I, but I appreciate that. Like helping people understand. And what I heard in that is if you're going to influence people, um, or if you want to, you need to actually take an inventory. Like, one, yeah. what do you enjoy doing? Because it needs to be something you enjoy doing. But then do you have some value to add to others that others might seek out? And uh, I think a lot of times we can get excited about ideas, but it might it might just not be our wheelhouse. Yeah. 
um, clearly you found your so, and uh, you guys are doing that. Let me ask you this. So with the influence that you've gained, um, with influence comes responsibility. Mm -hmm. And so can you just talk about that a little bit for you, how that kind of gets played out in your life and how you handle that? Uh, There have been numerous times, especially over the last few years, there's just been a lot of stuff. I think social media has made us more aware of stuff that's going on in the country or just in the world in general. I think that's part we think things are really, really bad and they are. Um, but I, I think, I think we know more about it cause we have access to it within seconds. Right. Like that's a little different. Um, and I, f- I find often that people expect anybody with some sort of influence to have some sort of stance on things. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's, it's hard because it's like, you could mean, well, you know, let's just for the sake of this you know, ex- uh, example here, there's typically like two Careful, sides. Careful, we're not going to edit this right. out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's typically, you know, there's an issue and there's two sides. Yeah. And you may be leaning more towards one side. I'll be careful not to use directions because right. that also confuses right. people. Right. You start right. saying left and right, it confuses right. people. Um, you're on one side and you're trying to actually speak in their favor. If you don't say something just right, the people who you are actually in agreement with will still take what you say right. and blow out of proportion. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, in Proverbs... It says, even a fool is considered wise, wise if he remains silent, basically. Yeah. Like, it's kind of crazy. And so I've, I've learned I don't have to have an answer for everything yeah. because it's kind of weird. I, the term influencer has like a negative and like a cheesy connotation yeah. in some ways. But I also take it rather, I, I, it's an honor to be considered that to some people. But it also can be a heavy burden to wear if you don't just like think about what you say and my whole goal always, I mean, I never want to say this to people, but people want to talk smack on the internet. And I'm like, you would never, ever say that to my face. Right. It doesn't matter that I'm 6'4", burly with a beard. That doesn't matter. <laughs> I just don't think people act real See, big and tough. more Boy Scout than musicians. <laughs> people act big and tough behind a camera because they're not saying anything to anybody's face. Right. I think, think of plenty of times I've been ticked to no end or th- dislike something somebody said. And I, I can sit back after the fact and be like, I never would have said anything to that person in person. In person, I never yeah. would have said those things. And so I try to just be like a voice of reason. And that's something I regularly do is I just try to call people to higher standards. It's like, we're not, we're not here to prove a point. We're here to love people and we're here to point people to Jesus. And if all you're doing in this comment is to prove your point, you're not, you're, you're not accomplishing anything. You know, like in Corinthians, it says, if I have love or if I'm like, if I, I, if I speak in the, the tongues of man, but I don't have love, I'm just a noisy clashing symbol. Right. And it's like, yeah. and drummers are the worst. I'm kidding. We got a drummer in here. Just kidding. Ahmad. Just kidding. Just kidding. Oh man. Uh, let's see where, how do you recover from that? Um, Look at the outline. Yeah, no. <laughs> I do know. You know what? No, I want. I want to point this out because this is not. That's that's a good leadership nugget in general. Yeah. I mean, whether you're influencing people online or you oversee a team of three people, um, there's a lot of wisdom sometimes in just keeping your mouth closed. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I, I have um, zero times in my leadership walk where I thought, man. I'm really glad I gave it to that person. Yeah, it just, absolutely. It just doesn't, it just doesn't happen. It does, like, even if you win. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So 
Um, yeah, that's great, man. Yeah. That's with with influence comes great responsibility, and I think that's a good one. That's uh, the Spider Man wisdom. That's what I say. There you it's go, Uncle Ben. That's with right. great power comes great responsibility. Uncle Ben or Aunt May that said that. I thought it was Uncle Ben. It if so, I have, I've said that a lot of times. That's probably, it's probably fine. But, but it's, I think it's biblical also. <laughs> to whom much is be given, much will be required. That's, that's true. There you go. So Uncle Ben that's, was that's quoting the Bible. That's where they that's got, where they got it. it. There is a man, uh, an artist, quite famous artist, by the name of Stephen Curtis Chapman mm. that actually commented on one of your posts. What was that post about? And then what was his comment? And did, did it make you happy or did it make you sad? <laughs> it may be very there happy. it is look we got it up on the screen right now yes um i i grew up episcopalian okay and i i say this because i was one i basically a lot of a lot of rock and roll music and episcopalian exactly yep, yep yep um big pipe organs yeah um it, it it's, it's like lazy catholicism <laughs> okay. it is very reverent in the way that I like know Catholicism to be, but they take away all the extra stuff. So there's no like confession. I would like to announce that hope in real life does not necessarily support the comments of our guests on the show. <laughs> I will say from my experience, from my experience, please leave a comment at worship tutorials <laughs> on Instagram. But it was, it was very similar. Um, and so at the, at the time in our, my family's life where we were kind of figuring out like there was something more we were missing. Yeah. Um, we started listening to, Christian music and my dad was listening to it and like I wasn't able to listen to like the stuff on the radio because it wasn't bleeped when you buy the CD right um, and my dad was like able to that was before you could look up the lyrics you know like you had to like buy the CD to do it before the internet I, it makes me feel very old saying that it's I'm dating myself I suppose um, but I, we started listening to Stephen Kirsch Chapman and so he is like one of the big influences just for me and my desire to like play music and my love of music um, and I had gotten a new guitar and I was just messing around and for whatever reason, that song that morning in the gym hit me and uh, it's, it's Speechless by Stephen Curtis Chapman. And so I just recorded a little video and I wrote the, I posted it and I wrote a little comment um, or I wrote a caption about it and I went back and I edited it like 10 minutes later and I was like, Stephen Curtis Chapman's not going to see this if I tag him, but whatever, I'll just like tag him and I'll say, if you happen to see this. Yeah. Just know that, like, how big of an impact, you know, musically, like, just that's cool. But, like, how he was, like, the first person that helped me understand how to be a worship leader, which was, mm -hmm. which may be weird to some people, and we could unpack that and be here all day. But basically, just the way he led a song with such conviction really helped me kind of, like, I remember being in high school being, whoa, I'm not. So I tagged him, and I gave a little spit, and I don't know how he happened to see that notification. I'm sure he gets tagged in people's terrible covers of his songs all the time. Right. <laughs> So I don't know how, I don't know, but um, yes, he saw my comment. And as I mentioned, I, I was deceased to use the Gen Z jargon. So I was deceased. Got yes. it. Okay. Yeah. At first I was like, wait, what? Oh, okay. Yeah. I have high schoolers. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I so it. I was, I was beside myself. Like it was, it was uh, overwhelming uh, and it was, it was very cool to, yeah. to see that he, I, and it was very, very kind. He don't, he doesn't need to do that. Right. Um, he's a busy man, you know loads of followers and the fact that he I don't know if he actually watched but you know <laughs> funny funny story so uh funny to me I was at this many 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 moons ago um decade literally decades ago I was at this worship leader conference and um they had these smaller breakouts and there was a, a worship leader there that I've that deeply influenced me as a worship leader by the name of Matt Redmond mm. and uh Matt was leading this breakout and it was on songwriting 
And he, uh, he said, man, he, he kind of got off on a tangent as Matt does. And, uh, he was telling about how he has people come up to him regularly with like demos, you know, back then it was demos, right? On a cassette. And he said, people would come up to him and, uh, and give him these demo tapes. And it would be so hard because they would say things to him. Like, I believe God gave me this song and I want to give it to you. And he yep. said, it's all, you know, in his accent, right? He's like, it's all I could do, but I won't even, I'm not going to attempt his accent, but it's like, it's all I could do to tell them if God gave you that, it's only because he doesn't want it anymore. It's oh, not because God. it's... Uh, <laughs> I, was, I was trying I to thought, decipher where this was going. Yeah, I kind of felt that was coming. I, I, thought, I thought that's... It's only because the Lord doesn't want to have it anymore. That was his... Uh, that's that's good. He's a truth teller. We gotta be the. We gotta tell the truth. So, right? That's leaders. <laughs> leaders define reality. <laughs> leaders define reality. Hey, all right. Well, on that one, then uh, you talk about leadership principles in a lot yeah. of your your uh, a lot of your clips. In your opinion, what's the most important quality a leader can have? I think I think it's probably obvious and probably the cliche answer, but I think it's humility, really, um, and being like, even though you're trying to teach people, you still need to be teachable yourself. Yeah. Um, and whether that's being taught from those you're leading or just in general, always getting better. Um, because I don't think people want to follow somebody who seems like they know all the answers yeah. that doesn't, you know, it's, you can't resonate with somebody who, cause I remember thinking that it's like, why did I, why I can't resonate with somebody who I feel like knows everything. Right. When you see that they're a person too, they're trying to learn you like, you feel more compelled to want to follow and, you know, go after them or go after the same vision with them. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I think it's the answer a lot of people probably give, but leading people humbly is probably the best thing you can do. Yeah. And I'll, I'll tell you, I, Bradford, I, I see that in your life. I mean, you're, you're a talented guy, gifted guy, influence over here through worship tutorials. Um, you know, I would say at the, you know, at the top, near the top of your game of what it is that you do on a stage with the guitar and leading worship, it would be easy for you to not be. And, I, and, you know, in the years that I've known you, I've, I've always been impressed that I've never gotten this sense of better than I deserve this, no prima donna electric guitar, you know, EG1 vibe that you normally get from... Well, e Rhett knows. I always Rhett. want stereo, but that's about it. But, <laughs> need a stereo mix. Need a stereo mix. Um, but, but, but if humility is the most important, and it seems like to me that you represent that well, how do you stay grounded given the success that you've had? And what it is that you do. We talked earlier about like why why do I feel called to do this this way yeah. as opposed to being at like a, a large church yeah. as a worship leader or something. Um, one thing is, and I've heard someone else say this, and because I'm I don't know what, but I guess having a dad or having a dad, well, having a dad too, but becoming a dad, having a kid, yeah, really like softens your heart in weird ways, yeah. But I think one thing is my kid does not care. Like he doesn't care about how many views a video does or doesn't get. He yeah. doesn't, he's, he'll be four in a couple months. Um, he doesn't care if we're making lots of money or none. Yeah. And there's something about one reason why it's kind of cool to do things the way I do is I don't really get direct feedback about how it's going. And so I just went to like a big music conference convention thing called NAM it has something to do with, I don't remember what it stands for, but basically a bunch of, I think it's North American missions, <laughs> North American music merchants, I think. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> something like that, but it has something to do with like music equipment and we, people know me there, but 
but I go there once a year. And um, people see like, oh, I love the channel. You know, I've seen your videos, that kind of thing. Um, and it's it's like, it's kind of cool because I go home and I could just write, d- done a video up in my studio upstairs and think it was awesome. And right. my kid comes running in, you know, excited to see me at the end of the day. He knocks over my camera or whatever. It's, you know, and like yeah. he all he cares about is me. Like yeah. he doesn't care about any of those other things that I do. Um, I have lots of guitars. I mean, he thinks they're cool, but he doesn't care about those. Um, and I think one thing is just like what that's what's most important to me is my wife and, and my son. Yeah. Um, and providing for them and, and us walking in step. And I think it's it's an interesting thing to be on the Internet because I don't directly get that feedback. And I think that's helpful. It's also hard to be by yourself at times because I work by myself now. My partner, Brian, actually moved to Alabama. So, like, I don't I don't see him all that often. Um, and I think that's that's actually helpful in a way. So being online can be depressing. And I've seen people talk about that. It can be very hard to you. You feel like you got to keep up this persona. But I think that's what wears you out also. Yeah. Yeah, that's great, man. I mean, and that's whether you're online with millions or you're in front of a congregation of thousands or leading a company, leading an organization, a department. The leaders that I have seen, and I'll just use the word burnout, but I don't mean burnout. I mean, like, you know, something toxic happens because of, you know, overtime. You yeah. know, you take small steps in a certain direction, and man, how the heck did I get here? Yeah. And uh, man, I'm telling you, nine out of ten times, it seems like somewhere along the way, someone forgot about the people that were in their life that were the most close to him, whose voices should matter the most. And then we start buying into what we believe the masses are saying. The reality is, the masses don't know us. Yeah. It's easy to come behind a microphone. And yeah. pretend to be somebody else. And so that's great. That's great feedback. I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, if somebody out here is listening and they are thinking about starting a business or they want to gain influence, what advice would you give to them out of the gate? Uh, well, we, our situation with the business is not like most, I think. So I can't speak directly to that. <laughs> it, it, yeah. was a, it was a long play. Um, but I think that's one thing too, is be prepared to put a lot of time and energy into it. And with not a lot of return at the beginning. Um, and to, to, I think a lot of people see the hustle, the glorified hustle. And it's like, I was working six, seven days a week. I didn't really, like I took time off on a day, but it wasn't like I took whole days off. Right. Like I was in my room at night. Um, you know, when my wife and I first got married, I was upstairs in our, my little office studio space working, prepping for trying to get stuff ready so we could make the most of our time on Fridays. And yeah. Um, you know, it seemed like normal because some people think, well, Sunday's church and then you work Monday through Friday. But it's like, well, yeah, that equated to working six days a week. Um, and I didn't work anywhere near as much as people, but it's going to take, you know, my wife, I had to kind of tell her, you know, and get her on board and say, this is what I feel like I'm supposed to do. The return isn't going to be seen for a while. And when I brought home like $300, she was like, huh, that's cool. Brought home a thousand. She's like, whoa. And we're like, so I mean, like, it took, it took a lot of time. I mean, I've been at it since 2013, and it wasn't until, like, 2021 that I stepped into it full-time. Yeah. Um, and it takes a lot of work, and it can be scary. Yeah. Um, but it's just, I think it's just, you just got to be consistent and don't, if you can pace yourself, you're going to last longer. Right. Um, but if you're just, you know, the, I guess it depends on the industry and all, too, but, I mean, that's just pacing yourself and being consistent and getting your, your spouse on board any support you can get is very important. Yeah. Um, so what I'm hearing from you is know it's going to take work. Yeah. Be ready to put in the work. But what I heard in our time together also is start. 
mm-hmm. you got to start. Like you just got to start. Do it. Yeah, just do it. Just do yeah. it. I said I've got some friends that work in the uh, in the entrepreneurship space and the startup space, and they talk about sometimes you got to ship the ugly baby. Like it's not ready. You don't want people to see it. Not, so I, you got to start. But the third that, that really jumps out to me about you, what you guys are doing is you need to be adding value. Mm-hmm. And uh, there is a difference in trying to build an empire versus trying to add value to other people's lives. Mm-hmm. And so I'm hearing you talk a lot about the value that you actually do look to bring to those that are engaging what it is that you do. Yeah, Bradford, I appreciate your time. I got one mm-hmm. more question for you. And Absolutely. then I think we've got a question that's coming in from the outside as well. But my question for you is, you know, this is hope in real life, right? We want to bring hope uh, to the everyday moments of, of everyone's lives. I'd love to hear from you. What are you hopeful for uh, in the life of worship tutorials over the next two, three, five years? We are, because we're now separated. Other than now and that all these listeners have heard, you're clearly going to surpass a million at this point. Uh, well, that's, they're going to jump over and I'm subscribe. I'm hoping so. But, yeah, okay, please like and subscribe and be notified and all <laughs> yeah. that YouTube jargon. <laughs> Um, we're one thing that this separation, I guess, restructuring, I know separation is a weird way to call it, but like (laughs) now that this restructuring is, is kind of like been forced upon us, we're, we're really dialing in our methods because it's not easy to work when you're not sure where stuff is. When we were together, I was always at his, his house and it was just like, we did stuff together. It was very efficient. Um, so we're looking forward to restructuring because we have to, but also to kind of just like add more of a team behind us to help us keep going um, yeah. and just be more impactful. Um, because, I mean, it'd be great to to make a million dollars. Absolutely. Who would would not want that? Right. But we feel very passionate, like we've talked about, just about helping people um, and adding value and just doing that. So we're hoping to be able to do that. One big thing, I'm, I'm wanting to work on a guitar course. Um, and I think there's lots of courses, but... You know, you can't, you know, you go on YouTube and type guitar, you're going to find millions of videos. But I want to add a, do a course that helps worship guitar specifically. There's no like, have to do it this way, have to do it that way. But there's still techniques that I think people don't really understand and they want help with. And so if we do something very focused on that, I'm, I'm hoping to be able to help people in that way and um, just continue to help people be better. Awesome. Well, Bradford, man, thank you so much for your time. Thank My you for pleasure. what it is yeah, that you. you do. It's been great to hang out. You're, again, your beard's looking great. Thank uh, you. I applaud you. You didn't bring any flannel in the studio today. but No, I did not. Uh, but, man, so good to, to spend the time with you. Thank you to our listeners for tuning in with us. Uh, make sure that you like, subscribe, share with others who you know could use a little bit more hope in the everyday moments of their life. And we look forward to seeing you back next week with episode 14. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Hope in Real Life podcast. If this content was valuable for you, don't forget, like, subscribe, share. You never know how important it could be to bring a little hope into someone else's life. Uh, There's even a place here for you to comment. We would love to hear from you and hear your feedback. Until next time, let's keep sharing hope.